If you have the guts to tell John Wick not to wear a mask at a Halloween party, oh boy, you're in for a big mistake. This is the push-off. everybody welcome to a new episode of the push off podcast your favorite weekly nfl show discusses everything that happened last weekend well it gets you ready for the next i'm your host scott hogan and joining us as always it's dan in the crosshairs of the woke mob right <laughs> that's right dan look out for yourself oh boy well you know the push off podcast we we come out once a week and sometimes uh the nfl uh likes to be a week-long 24-hour news cycle uh there's always something to talk about you know even in the off seasons we've noticed too we've we've kept the show going year-round before we've done it but uh you know we still once a week is about as much as we can get to so sometimes this news pops up there's a lot that's happened since we've last been on the air quote to speak uh dan (laughs) what do you think i think I I did not think that I would have Henry Ruggs news cleared off <laughs> the table yeah. 24 oh. hours after the episode. Within 24 hours, everybody's like, no, 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 that's fine. He's going to jail. We got something else to talk about. No it's kidding. It's fucking yeah. bizarre. And, and more of that, how awful that Ruggs stuff was came out. But yeah, that's that's moved on. The, the Raiders have on to more <laughs> shit that they're dealing with. Raiders had to cut but, a second yeah, first the, round pick from a year ago. Yeah, and they're still glad that uh, Aaron Rodgers is taking all the bullets <laughs> this week. Uh, if Those of you who are not aware of what's happened here, Aaron Rodgers tested positive for COVID early last week, basically Wednesday, and immediately ruled out of the game on Sunday for Kansas City. Well, when you're immediately ruled out that many days in advance with a positive COVID test, it tells the public something about you it tells you that you're unvaccinated it because if you are a vaccinated player you have the opportunity to get a couple more positive tests and get out there and play with your team on sunday so aaron Rodgers wasn't able to do that and and this confused people because they went back to the tape and they asked him months ago point blank hey Aaron did you get vaccinated this is a hot button issue which he admitted to later on this week too mm-hmm. right it, it was a very uh it was a very big what do you was the word to use witch hunt yeah. uh happening at that time like it's all blown over now but um that's beside the point it, it was a very hot button topic it was in fact I remember when Kirk Cousins got tested positive for COVID and this was one of the very first episodes we had coming back from the Push Off podcast, and I was not a fan of it. I, I, he comes back to practice. He doesn't seem like he's upset about it. it. It's just what it is, and he's moving on. It doesn't change his mind. And, you know, I was a little embarrassed. Here we are now, Aaron Rodgers, not only this, but uh, on the quote saying, yes. I was immunized. That is the quote. Quote, yes, I was immunized when they asked him. It 
I, I don't want to keep going, yeah. It's just one of those things where, like, if he hadn't have been such a pussy about it, <laughs> there's... Because there is. That's a, that's a huge component to this. If Aaron Rodgers had come out and been like, listen, man, I'm Aaron fucking Rodgers, and I'm not taking no goddamn vaccine that hasn't been vetted by three or four different things. He's like, my body is a fucking temple. He's like, I'm doing this yeah. shit. It's the same thing with Tom Brady, who you know Tom Brady's not fucking vaccinated. Is he? Is right. Brady vaccinated? Uh, I'm assuming no. That's a good question. I mean, it hasn't appeared yet, but that would be surprising. But it's, but at the same time, and know, and that's the crazy thing. He's an elderly person. You kind of there are more at risk. <laughs> that's true. That's very true. <laughs> I, we make that joke, and he's just so so few years older than but us. But there is there is that one thing where it's like I'm an elite athlete. I cannot have anything outside of this regimented thing. It's, it's not body. surprising. No, it, right? It's Aaron Rodgers. It's not fucking no, surprising. It, but you but. just gotta fucking say that thing when they're like. Uh, are you, you know, have you been vaccinated? He's like, I've been immunized. And everybody just because Aaron Rodgers is kind of a prick about everything all the time was like, oh, okay, well, that's immunized. What the fuck else could he mean? Turns out he meant right. Shailene Woodley put him on some fucking holistic medicine shaman bullshit that clearly <laughs> didn't work anyway. And I know everybody's going to say, you know, COVID doesn't always, the vaccine doesn't prevent you from getting COVID, which is true. We come back to this. I do understand vaccine hesitancy. And that's the hard thing for, for people to get around. I do understand vaccine hesitancy. I'm vaccinated, but I get it. I get where people are coming from. I get where people go, well, I don't know what the fuck it is. It hasn't been tested enough. We don't know the long-term side effects of it. All of that shit is true. All of that shit is true. The people that are like, eh, they're putting tracking magnets in there. You're like, eh, you're fucking crazy. But the people that are like, hey, man, we just we haven't tested it long term. I don't understand the long term effects. I'm nervous about this. I'm nervous about that. I will have conversations with those people that are not like dismissive. But also just don't be a bitch about it. And when someone says, are you vaccinated? Go, no, not yet. These are the things that I'm waiting for to happen so you can get through it. Mm -hmm. I, I had I mentioned this a while ago. I had one of my coworkers where I was like, hey, did you get, you know, you know, we're talking about it. And I was like, yeah, I'm vaccinated. It's like, is it something you're thinking about doing? She's like, oh, well, not until it gets FDA approval. And I went, well, it actually was FDA approved. It was literally like three or four days afterwards. Yeah. And she goes, well, I'm still not going to get it. I was like, well, then fuck you. Not because you're not getting the vaccine, but because <laughs> you're disingenuous about your reasoning behind not getting the oh, vaccine. Oh, you're picking up, you're moving your goalposts. Goalposts yeah. moving. Yeah. I cannot fucking stand goalposts moving. In fact, in 1974, <laughs> when the NFL moved the goalposts off the goal line, bullshit. I was furious. I was negative 12, <laughs> but I was furious. Furious. He's in, upset. Deep inside yeah, my dad's yeah. balls, the sperm that would one day become me was like, ah, fuck you. <laughs> nah, nah. I think, yeah, I think the one, I, I, I complained about it at the top of this story saying like, oh, that we missed a whole news cycle on this. But uh, then one nice thing about it is I think it's almost it's reached its end so we can yep. talk about it in full. Uh, yeah. When the first the news came out, I was like, oh, this guy's got egg on his face. He was caught in the lie. There's nothing but that. It is a lie that he said what he said on the question. That's completely different than like I will refer it again to Kirk Cousins who – was you know no non-vaccinated and y'all know why kind of thing whereas when you know, I, w I was excited to find out why is this man lying to us now Aaron <laughs> Rodgers so he goes on Pat McAfee and he's bet he goes on there usually every Tuesday so he was just on there and the news broke and he was talking about you know the big winning 
the week prior what was it Cardinals yeah. yeah so he he's riding very high Packers are maybe considered best team in the league at this point boom next day COVID positive you're out you're big game on the road against Kansas City you're not going to be there for your team um he so he's on the show by Friday to talk about it and this is so my things with it too like you said come out there and be clear about it so he immediately says i didn't lie well now i'm now i don't trust you again because you are and he continues on you know if if they followed up with me about it i would have made it clear no no you were on specifically leading people to believe you were vaccinated so that you could pretend to be you were so that people didn't (laughs) didn't question you about it so you know if if there's all of these worries about it and you stand firm about it (laughs) <laughs> then be truthful, I guess. Be truthful about it. It's it's like when somebody somebody on... asks you, "Are you cheating yeah. on me with somebody else?" and you go, "No." And the answer is, "I'm cheating on you with several people." It's like, don't be pedantic <laughs> when you know what the fuck we're looking for. Like, this is this he is not a seventh came grade out debate. Said he had an aller. Yeah, he came out and said he had an allergy to the stuff. To and what? I immediately it was like, oh, to what? To the mdrnas within the what i'm asking you is what the fuck are you allergic to aaron you said it's an ingredient in there what are you allergic to oh he can't oh he can't tell you because then when you he visits the cowboys you sneak in that food he has an allergic reaction he can't play he's not gonna tell everybody that's also why i want to know because i will poison him uh you'll poison him (laughs) no he's uh he that that caught me pause and I was like okay well that's something else but then the rest of that interview yeah. was this stumble down a, a rabbit hole of well now I really question all this stuff you said at the yeah because if he had just said I have an allergy to the mRNA Johnson and Johnson was having blood clotting issues and I didn't even want to take the chance and if he had been like listen man and this is the other thing if he had just been like listen man I didn't get it but I also I kept wearing the mask I kept doing all this stuff and if he had been open and honest about this, like, I'm not getting the vaccine because of these, 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 and these reasons, I see where you guys are coming from, but nothing enters my body unless it's been researched for, you know, X amount of years. And you could even say, like, well, when you were 25, sure, it's he's a different guy than when he was 25. You know, Tom Brady, when he was 23 years old, was still fucking Bridget Moynihan and hugging goats, you know, and he's still, and still yeah. eating fried foods. Shit changes as you get older and become a professional. But to lie about it and to be disingenuous and to be misleading and then to come back and be all butthurt that people are like, well, people are sharpening their knives and I just want to explain myself. You had that opportunity a while ago to just be honest. You declined it. Yep. You declined the opportunity to be honest. Now, you can say I didn't want to tell the whole truth, but you declined the opportunity to be honest. And now you eat shit. This is the nicest way to say you lied. I didn't lie. I declined the opportunity to be honest. (laughs) That's huh, yeah, you know what? I, I should have gone into it's law. It's not bad, right? It's law. a good turn of phrase. You could be a politician. <laughs> um, I liked uh, he because I have followed everything to a T except for the mask rule, which I just thought had no science behind it and was just there to to call people. I, out. I actually agree with him on this. Strangely enough, I you do, do because the the mask rule. They're like every every reporter in that room has to be vaccinated. And this is the one right. part where I listened to this and I was like, oh, that's actually good fucking logic, Aaron. He goes, every reporter in that room has to be vaccinated. And I am wearing, I would be wearing a mask to protect them from me, even though I know because I was tested every day that I am negative for the coronavirus. 
So the masks are there to protect <laughs> the masks and vaccines are there to protect them from a thing that I know I don't have. I get that. And I actually yeah, I actually agreed I, with that logic because scientifically there is no reason for anybody to be afraid of Aaron Rodgers in that scenario. However, it's still the rule and the NFL is punitive about that shit and they have already come out and fined him. Well, it makes clear too that to say something like that, whether true or not, means I am Aaron Rodgers. Quote: This rule does not apply. Yes, to me. that is also true. It, that's what it means. Yeah. So I get it. I get the 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 argument to the rule, but it's also well. Then how come the guy who writes for USA Today ha- can? Why can't he be the one unvaxed player this week? Like, yeah. let's start do a little cycle here. And he's the free guy. Um, yeah, that stuff's silly. He, he's, he's getting a lot. So you're right. He's going to do all his research. He's not going to put anything in his body that he's afraid of unless Joe Rogan says it. And it's something, you know, this ivermectin thing, the stuff that he yeah. did do, how tested not was that? Not at all. So that's, okay. that's the other thing that was fucking crazy. <clears throat> Had he been like, listen, man, it's a flu. It's like the flu or it's severe. I'm a very healthy individual. I'm going to let this pass with vitamins that I know. But he was like, yeah, I'm on ivermectin and monoclonal antibodies. It's God. like ivermectin is an, first of all, for those of you that don't know, ivermectin is an antiparasitic. It is not <laughs> an antiviral medication. It's an antiparasitic. There's also this thing going around Facebook that my mom sent me because my mom is slowly getting more conservative and crazy as she gets older. Thanks, Facebook. Jesus, it really is. It's poison. I got to quit this shit. Oh, yeah. We know it. But she sent me this thing that she's like, it's amazing how Merck, you know, the same thing that uh, the FDA didn't approve, now they're approving it in England. I hope they weren't doing this to hurt Donald Trump. And I was like, okay. And I literally just went and I didn't even argue. I just sent her the structure, the chemical structure of both of the drugs. And I said, what you think is happening is not happening because you don't even understand what's happening. Heard a great quote recently right. that says, when you don't understand how anything works, everything is a conspiracy. <laughs> and I love that. And it certainly can I be, love right. that shit. But yeah, he's like, I'm taking ivermectin because do you know the long-term consequences of ivermectin? Oh, you don't? It hasn't been studied? Okay, maybe fucking take a vaccine, you dumb fuck. Uh, <laughs> which has been way more studied in humans than ivermectin has as a response to an antiviral. And he was taking monoclonal antibodies. Now, monoclonal antibodies are actually some cool shit. Like, they are cool shit, man. Monoclonal antibodies. Uh, but we also don't have a ton of research on monoclonal antibodies and how they relate mm-hmm. to COVID-19. So he's taking a bunch of things that are like, eh, kind of on the edge, which I'm fine with if you take your vaccine, which is on the cutting edge. So don't pick and choose cutting edge shit. Mm-hmm. Either be in it or be out. Don't pick and choose because it does not have nearly the amount of research that he's saying that he's like qualifying this needs to have on the vaccine. So once again, he's goalpost no. moving, which I fucking hate. Yeah. No, the the Johnson and Johnson stuff that was found out it's six women who got the, the blood uh clots and stuff like that. Like anything that came out that was like, ooh, maybe, you know, let's roll a little slower towards this vaccination usually followed up with something going, okay, well, we looked at it for another 500 times, and now we know this. Are you going to get it now? Uh, I don't know. That, that that article two months ago left a bad taste in my yeah. mouth. But we're all getting boosters. We're all still trying. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm doing my part to get rid of this virus. That's what I'd like to do. I'm tired of masks, too. I'm tired of, of uh, you know, games without the great players in yeah. it. And, uh We'll talk about that Chiefs win later in the show, but it's pretty obvious that 
uh, the Packers lost a game because Aaron Rodgers is an anti-vaxxer. <laughs> yes, absolutely. This loss, I will hang this loss on Aaron Rodgers. So other than that, though, Packers are getting fined 300000 and uh, Rodgers and Lazard are each getting fined around 15000 and they're calling that kind of a wash, I guess. Like, I think that's for the uh, them showing up at the Halloween yep. party unmasked kind of thing and whatever. Yeah, mask deal stuff, and then the Packers allowing it. But that's it. There, you know, there was these threats of like, oh, draft picks no, and things like happen. that going to happen to these teams, right? No, nobody's going to get attacked too much, especially not their stars. We'll see Aaron probably back next week against Seattle unless you know he's still got the negative test which I it's gonna it. be hilarious watching um, him do the post game with the fucking mask on though I'll tell you that much that's right he's gonna have to from now on there's no way around that uh yeah so to leave it with that the only other thing I have to say about this whole Rogers thing is the only other thing I agreed with is his quote when he said to me it's a no-brainer and I went that's where I'm with you Aaron <laughs> this is a no-brainer fair point um, Odell Beckham also got released this week. I, That's not even leading news. <laughs> I know he finally he cleared waivers because he's like, yeah. he's like, if you claim me, I'll make problems for you. It's like, dude, if I pay you the correct amount of money, you'll make problems for me. Like, you'll just make fucking problems for me. It, he's like, I want to play for a contender, but every contender is like, fuck, do we want this? Like, is it worth yeah, it? Yeah, is I don't know, man. Like, he hasn't been. Odell Beckham in three years. So you're basically saying... Have you seen... You know, like, even as crazy as uh, fucking Mr. Big Chest was being, you know, (laughs) even as crazy as he was, when he went to the Raiders, it was like, wow, you guys are getting probably the best wide receiver in the NFL right now. Anybody picking Odell Beckham Jr. is going, hey, you guys are probably getting the best receiver in the NFL five years ago. Um, Sure hope he's got some burst, man. So he is no longer worth the price whether emotional or financial. So good luck. Um, he'll probably sit two or three games before somebody, you know, even the Raiders who are like, ah, fuck, we need some help. The Raiders cannot handle any more bullshit going on in that locker room. So even them who would be a good scheme fit and good like deficiency fit, I don't see the Raiders picking them up. No, they bring it into Sean Jackson. He got signed today. Yeah, yeah, I know. And I, I read that up too when we said he was released. Like, oh, he'll pick up somewhere. Somewhere, somebody needs to get a top off the the defense. And wouldn't you know it, the Raiders need a spot to <laughs> fill now. So they also use yeah, a corner. Uh, that's a be- right. Lions have said they don't want Beckham. I think that's a smart move by the Owen, whatever <laughs> Lions. Uh, you're right. Uh, what was his dad was putting out uh, like uh, little Twitter highlight videos of Mayfield missing him in passes to REM's Everybody Hurts. It's like, what quarterback wants this? What quarterback wants to worry about this shit? Right. No quarterback, every quarterback, you know, if you're a good wide receiver, right, it's the same thing. Like, if you're a good performer in general, you have to be, like, a little dissatisfied all the time, right? I don't think you and I have ever had an episode of Push Off Podcast where we're like, perfect. It was perfect, top to bottom. (laughs) Every time... Uh, season three, <laughs> after week seven, go back oh, man, and listen. I, go listen I was on fire. <laughs> so, but we're always like, ah, I could have done this better. Could have done that better. So every, sure. every wide receiver, every good athlete is like, ah, I was open. Ah, you could have hit me here. Every quarterback's like, ah, I could have, could have been up on your outside shoulder yeah. instead of to your face mask. Ah, I should have got it. 
but you can't be always fucking miserable. I, I use this term right. to describe people that can't be made happy. I call them ever dry sponges. Because of, oh. I, I dated one when I was younger. <laughs> and I remember <laughs> I came up with the term with an ever dry sponge because I was like, no matter what you do, no matter how much you try to satisfy this person, all they'll keep doing is taking from you until you're out of shit and it's like it hasn't even affected mm-hmm. them. That's Odell Beckham Jr. He is an ever dry sponge. He wasn't happy with Eli Manning, who's going to be a Hall of Famer. He wasn't happy with Daniel Jones. He wasn't happy with Baker Mayfield. He's not going to be happy with whoever you get him. He's not going to be happy because yeah. he's not a fucking happy person. And he probably has crabs. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, li- I like the uh, I like the idea of star players getting a chance to get released from a bad situation, find a second chance, things like that. But you're right. You pointed it out. He did the same thing in New York. And you only get so many of these chances of, it's not me, it's the system I'm in. Give me another chance, guys, kind of thing, before you realize, nope, it's just you. It's just you, and we shouldn't, nobody else should fall because for he, it. Because so, he made a good point was, in New York where he's like, I need you all to pay me like I'm a number one receiver. And New York was like, uh, fuck it, okay. And Gettleman signed with that big-ass contract. And then Gettleman went, oh, fuck. <laughs> Immediately, we fucked up so did, bad, yeah. and then they traded him, and then he basically has just been dead on Cleveland. And you can blame Cleveland as much as you want, but Jarvis Landry's having a good career. Nick Chubb's having a good career. Donovan Peoples Jones is showing the fuck up. So maybe, <laughs> yeah. Rashad yeah, dude, there's some players out there that are doing fine in Cleveland that catch the ball. So it, maybe it's you. Maybe it's you. No, yeah, and when he didn't, sh- he didn't show up for like two, three days straight after the trade deadline and you're thinking of it going i don't think the browns need him i don't think they need no. to deal with this so there he goes they probably get a bunch of that they money did. back hopefully you know and then yeah move on from here so we see where he shows up where he does which we're expecting we'll talk about it when he <laughs> does uh let's let's jump into the games let's talk about last week uh all of the surprises and the none fun for us and uh, what's left for to, to come for week 10. We did um, not have the fun. The game of the week, Dan. <laughs> we didn't have fun, and uh, we're gonna tear, I'm going to tear this Band-Aid <laughs> off, at least for me. We're going to talk about the one overtime game of the Ugh. week. And, you know, the Baltimore Ravens make it fun. It's It's been an exciting year for Vikings one way or another, too, if you think of it. 31-34, Ravens win it. Um, yeah, watching this one while I tried to juggle the other seven that played at the same time. Um, it, the Vikings looked good. There were points in this game where I was like, where is where was this yeah. team? Where has this team been? Where was this offense been? Uh, but it also felt all very familiar, and in when the second half, it was like, I... I'm expecting this. Like I, I, I spend the time. I talk to my brother about it, and you know, we were up a two touchdown lead at times to start the second half. Was the kickoff return yeah. by Kenny Nwangu? Now Nwangu is looking like a, a lot of excitement, so that's fun for the future. But even that, I go okay. But we're gonna lose this lead <laughs> at some point, whether it's the end of the game or right away here, and then we fight it back. It's just we're going to lose the lead, and then it's going to come down to some team having the last time with the ball. So I expected it to happen. It did happen. And did we fall on the wrong side of the coin? We did once again. I I was watching this game going, is this score 17-3? to Holy shit. 
And then I was like, okay, 17 to 10. This is probably, okay, the Ravens are going to come back. And then when you guys started that third quarter off with that kickoff return, I was like, holy fuck, they may do this. And Lamar just went, nah, I think I'll go buck wild this game. And Lamar had a fucking day. Once again, Kirk Cousins had a very Kirk Cousins-y day. It's all you really expect from a guy like Kirk Cousins. Dalvin Cook was pretty good, but Lamar was just something else. Had 120 rushing yards, had over 250 passing, three passing TDs. Lamar was fucking bizarre. Lamar was insane. He, he outthrew and outran us. Yeah, he outthrew our quarterback. He outran our running back. Um, I watched him and I watched how we played him, and it was it's tough because he looks one two ways and then he's running yeah. and. Even some of those runs were like, all right, well, they held him to four yards. That's all you can expect there once all of, all of that shit's open for him to, to move around, and he's still so shifty. So uh, I felt like Lamar was going to get his, and that's how that kind of worked. It's just so many times did the uh, offense get the ball back, not do anything with it, defense get it, and the Ravens just slowly down the field – they held the ball for 46 minutes of total uh, time of possession in this game. That's nuts. You can't survive that. There were so many times where it was another fourth and one, and they're like, well, the Ravens are going to go for this because they're going to get it. Like, I don't care if it's at their own 35-yard line. It's fourth and one. Lamar will run it or somebody will run it. The Vikings can't stop them for a yard. Can they stop them if it was fourth and eight? Yeah, probably. But it's fourth <laughs> and one again. So, and I watched that over and over, and I'm like, I'm getting so tired of this, but eh, it's expected. And so there was a couple drives in there where I was like, mm, there was two fourth downs there. All you had to do was stop them once. This game probably be over. Couldn't do it. They, they tie it up. Um, the Ravens' first lead in this game is with three minutes and 29 seconds left. But even that, the Vikings drive all the way down the field. Game-tying score. Uh, um, they had 13 yards of total offense in the second half before that last drive, the Vikings. that's It just dries yeah. up. And it, it completely went away. And so, listen, I've, I got a nice view of a real shit offense this week. And <laughs> yeah. you guys really locked up in the second half. It was bad. Uh and I guess that's coaching because it keeps happening over and over well, we, again. Well, you know, we say it a lot where it's preparation in the first half, talent in the second half. So mm-hmm. I would say Minnesota actually did a pretty good job containing Lamar Jackson in the first half, but the corrections were made. And at that point, Baltimore's defense was too good, and Baltimore's offense went, oh, right, we still have Lamar Jackson, so we'll be back in this fucking thing. Give credit to your team, though. I- Coming back when, yep. you know, this comeback should have been, when it was 34 to, or 31 to 24, I would have been totally fine with the Vikings being like, yep, wow, fuck. Uh, yeah, we just let up 21 unanswered points. I, I think this game's over. But they marched down the field methodically for that last touchdown drive. Good for them. Not a lot of quit in this team. The Vikings do provide entertaining games, yeah. but. They're just not as talented as the Baltimore Ravens. That's the thing that kind of sucks is they just aren't as talented. And you can see it. Like they're, You mentioned you're not getting a ton of pass rush anymore. It's evident with Lamar. Oh, yeah. No, uh, and not only missing Daniil Hunter, missing uh, P. 
Peterson on the corner. And then Harrison Smith was a surprise. Uh, yeah, he ain't going to play either this week, this week uh, pick. Um, I was v- very upset with also a couple of the play calling at the very end. When we drove all the way down the field and got that touchdown, you do not give it back to the Ravens with any time no. left because you have a kicker that can hit it from the 50. So you go for two, and you end it there. They didn't. <laughs> they tied it up, and it still didn't end the game. No. Like. It was it ended up being okay to get him to overtime because the Vikings even got the ball in overtime, which I'll get to. But I was like, I don't agree with that. I think you go for two. You're on the road. You go for the win. You're a team with a losing record right now at three and four heading into sure. that, three and five now. Go go for it. The other thing was you then the Ravens get the ball to start overtime. To me, I was like, well, that's it too. Like Tucker at least gets in field goal. They get in his range at least, and we try to play back from that. Maybe we get a touchdown with them having the ball. But, no, Barr makes an amazing great, play great deflection, all on great his interception. own. Tip, catch, yeah, and we do nothing with it. They move backwards and give him the ball back. That is a quit, too. That is, again, it's Tucker, it's it's Jackson. They've been moving it down on you the whole second half. So that it was just the slowest death you could think of, and that's how I watched it. So, Dan, I know yours went – pear-shaped and never <laughs> yeah, turned true. around for you and we'll we'll get to yours soon too but this is the other way to go about a loss and it ain't fun neither i'll tell you that yeah i i think the worst way to lose a game is a heartbreaking last second loss i think the second worst way to lose it is a heartbreaking last second loss where you know sorry the number one is when you were robbed you know, by officiating There's or something. There's so many. But this was like the second worst way you could lose a game for the Minnesota Vikings. You're beating a team that you, should, you shouldn't you should really be beating, but you can do it. It's within the grasp, and then boom, from the jaws of victory, Lamar Jackson snatches your, snatches your shit. Which we, could, we should have known. Like, looking back at how the Vikings have played all season, how the Ravens, how Jackson have played all season... This is how it was going to go. And the Vikings. <laughs> it's going to be an overtime. It was the perfect storm of this is going to be a good game, but the Vikings are going to lose this thing. Yeah. That's right. All right. So uh, thank you. All right. The, the Band-Aid's off. I get to move on with my week. Everything's just, everything's uh, Cowboys cheery, are next, please. Now. Cowboys are next. Uh, no, actually, <sighs> what we're going to talk about, just make you f- but we'll make it feel better. Eagles lost ah, to the yes. Chargers. 27-24. Um Chargers uh, had to come back in yep. this one. Eagles were ahead a little bit into the second half. Uh, but Herbert had another big game, 356 and two touchdowns, and ran one in. Um, it was a back-and-forth one that ended right at the end. Uh, even Devontae Smith tying it up with about six minutes left. But the Chargers never give it back, go down the field for a nice field goal at the end. Uh, it's it's kind of insane. The fourth quarter had two drives. Two. Yeah. That's it. This one. Was- the Eagles have a long one, and then the Chargers go, okie dokie, and then that's it. It was like two drives to do the entire fucking thing. It was kind of amazing. Um, I love games like this because, as I was saying, to lose a close game is a heartbreaker, and I love it when the Eagles' hearts are broken, uh, trashed upon the floor beneath them. I love that shit. Um, and also, I love it when we were right about our elite wide receivers in this draft. Devontae Smith is the fucking real deal. Very upset that the yeah. Eagles got him, but God damn it, is he fantastic? 116 in this game. Yeah, he looks really good. 
Um, and he's been having a good just, year. Yeah, the game's going to get quicker for him or slow down for him. Yeah, know? he's been having a good year so far. Um, but this was this was one of the games where it was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to put this team on my back. And especially in the second half, it was like, oh, Devontae's probably our best player on offense right now. And good for Jalen Hurts. I know this ends in a loss, but if I'm the Eagles, I'm not feeling so bad about three and six because this is a young team. They looked okay in this one. Yeah. They looked okay in this one. They, I mean, they were at home, and I think the Chargers are a much more talented team, as we saw, but uh, they were back and forth here, so they could have won this. But, um, yeah, it's hard to see how good the Chargers are right now. I, They kind of are a Jekyll and Hyde yeah. a little bit, but they're just these plays, Herbert rolling out, and just I'm going to check it deep to Mike Williams double covered, and he's just going to yeah. catch it. And you're like, yeah, that's when the good team just kind of steps over you. And they did this in this one. Um, yeah, that's what I saw. I think uh, even when Devonta Smith got that touchdown, it was like, yeah, there's a plenty of time for the Chargers just to go get a field goal, though, and that's exactly how they ended it. That's It was nice to see a team knowing how to end a game. <laughs> strange. Strange how that works. Uh, the Cowboys know how to end I a guess, game. We did yeah. it uh, two minutes in. It was nice. <laughs> well, then we'll... Uh, Lead it to the first game we can talk about for next week, Vikings at Chargers in L.A. That's where I can start to discuss it. I don't know. I'd like to take the Vikings in this one. I think they have a good record against the Chargers in the history, but uh, this is a very young, new Chargers team, and I think uh, I don't trust them. I don't trust them. Uh, they, they look good on the road, too. There's been things where the Vikings have put up a lot of good yards. Uh, most, most of their yards have been better on the road than at home. But again, this is a very shocked Vikings team that's finding a hard way of closing out games. And like I said, the Chargers are figuring out how to do it. So you got a five and three Chargers, a three and five Vikings. I'm taking the Chargers. I'm also going to take the Chargers. Um, Justin Herbert, I feel like he's having that part of his year where guys are catching up to him, um, and he's having a harder time breaking plays. I mean, he had a good game against Philadelphia. Looked really, really good but he was taking what they were giving him. There wasn't as many big play chunk opportunities. And so I, I think Justin Herbert will have a good game against the Vikings. I don't know if it's going to be a high-scoring affair, but, yeah, I, I think it's probably going to be Chargers by at least a score. I guess they, they cut themselves on a two-game skid. They had a bye week within there, so it just feels like a, a string of three bad weeks, yeah. but it was just two because of their the bye week there. So, yeah. Yeah, the Chargers should be a good team. They got they they they're holding on to a lead in that division because the Raiders uh, slip up tentative. So we'll see how they do. All right, Dan. Now we're here. Let's tear off your Band-Aid, huh? Broncos thirty, Cowboys sixteen. Uh, obviously, the score doesn't convict. Score of this is one. incorrect. It was sixteen nothing. Sixteen nothing Broncos at the half. Thirty nothing Broncos with under six left. Yeah, the score of this game is thirty to nothing. That's what it is, because those last two were literally the Broncos being like, yeah, man, we fucking clocked out. Y'all have the field to yourself. Like, go crazy. It literally became impossible because, what was it? They were We were down 30 to nothing, which is effectively a four-score potential five-score game. You know, that's literally you have to score four touchdowns and the two-point conversion at least three times to even get back in this fucking thing. That's insane. That's not surmountable in the fucking fourth quarter. But here's what I will say about this game. I am super glad it happened. 
I am super glad Man. we lost this badly to a team we thought we were going to just come in here at home and roll the fuck over. And you could tell right away. We break a big kick return to start the game. We get it to midfield. And the offense, the Cowboys offense goes, all right, fucking cool. And we go four and out. We get a turnover on downs to start the game. That's right. You guys win for it. Because yeah. we're like, we're the fucking Dallas Cowboys. You can't stop us, motherfucker. It's like, well, guess what? To start the game, they stopped you three straight times, basically. And you're going to go for it, and then you're not going to out-physical your opponent? Because that was a big one. And I love Dak's post-game in this one where he goes, oh, we got fucking thumped. It's like, we got thumped, we got out-physicaled, we got out-fucking-hustled by everything. The Cowboys are a more talented team than the Broncos, and I would love to play them again this week because I think we'd fuck them up. <laughs> but we yeah. played them last week, and they fucked us up because they were ready to play, and we were not. We were going, ah, when Dak gets back, we're fucking good. Dak was rusty as shit. Dak hasn't played in a couple weeks, and he was rusty, and he was forcing shit. Normally, Dak makes good decisions. Get the first out. I love the expression, you can't go broke making a profit. But Dak was trying to rip off big chunk plays. They were down 16 to nothing at the half. That's not a death knell with how good this offense is, but the offense immediately started making stupid decisions trying to pick up big-ass chunk plays instead of wearing down the Broncos' defense with the run, with short passes, with stuff like that to get back in the game. And by that point, when you're making big fucking decisions... Not a lot of times coming off the clock, and then your defense is right back on the field. So you can look at the stats the Broncos had offensively and go, wow, the Cowboys' defense failed them. But this is absolutely not on the defense at all. You cannot be out there. You know, you want to talk about time of possession. Uh, Yeah, what did the Denver? 41 minutes. Yeah, you guys are up there too. Denver had 41 minutes, and there's no fucking overtime here, Scott. That's 41 minutes. That's literally two-thirds <laughs> of the fucking game. Yeah. They had the ball for two-thirds of the fucking game. And literally, they had the ball for two-thirds of the fucking game, and the whole half of the fourth quarter, they didn't give a fuck. So this very much could have been a 45-15 to 15 time of possession, easily, if they're playing the game the way it actually appeared to be. 16 points takes a little taste out of your mouth, but every single Cowboys player on this team knew that they got fucking mollywhomped by a Denver team that is not very good and is not going to beat a lot of people in the playoffs. But the Cowboys are 6-2, and two, still have a three-and-a-half game lead in the division. But this was great. I'm actually glad this happened because the worst thing would be for this to happen two, three weeks before the playoffs and everybody go, oh my God, maybe we're not that good. This is a great reminder that if you don't come ready to play, someone will take your fucking job. I liked it. He even brought it. Yeah. I, you're right. I mean, other than it being a home game, a, uh, out of conference loss like that, that's the best time for it to happen. I, I love it. I, um, I'm glad that it I happened at home. I don't even see the Broncos as making the playoffs in the AFC. If you look at it, the AFC West and AFC North are both fully over 500%. Yeah. And then Bills, Patriots, Titans. I mean, even the Colts could go in there. I don't think Broncos are one. But but I think a win like this probably saves Vic Fangio's job for another year. Shows that, okay, the guy knows how to play defense against a good offense, and he knows how to get this team in a spot yeah. to win. They settled for too many field goals. They really could have ended it sooner. But, uh, yeah, this was – a, a, a whooping or a thumping, whatever uh, Dak said. Um, and you're right, it wakes them all up. Um, Dak saying it had, it had nothing to do with his injuries coming back from, things like that. Like, 
There you go. Okay. Then, yeah, let's show up. Let's play for the next week. The Broncos are having the Eagles visit them in Denver. Does Do the Broncos keep this going, Dan? Well, who am I asking? <laughs> I'm sorry. Someone's playing the Eagles? Ah, <laughs> somebody that's fine. wins. Fuck the Eagles. <laughs> Put my mun on somebody. <laughs> I'm immediately yeah, I, a Broncos I think fan. I agree Very with quickly. You, <laughs> yeah. I think the Broncos think are a I good team. With you. They're, you know, they're not amazing, but they'll be fine. And especially at home, uh, off of that big win, yeah. Let's say uh, Denver. Denver keeps it going and and makes the AFC even that more of a mess. Because <laughs> I think yeah, there's a a good chunk of really good in the AFC. The best might still be in the NFC, but Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Then we saw some AFC teams beat some good NFC teams this week. Uh, let's continue on. Let's spend some time in the NFC South. This was a a, a good game at the end. Falcons twenty seven. Saints 25. None of us picked it. We thought the Saints were going to win this one at home, uh, even with uh, Trevor Simeon at the helm. But uh, Matt Ryan had a great game. 343 yards, two touchdowns, ran one in. Cordero Patterson is an offensive <laughs> weapon all of a sudden. Well, all of a sudden, he's been all year long, and it's just it, – I think that goes to show you that uh, you can sometimes just pick – like amazing athletic talent and go, we'll figure out something about his sixth season in the league. <laughs> Is he only six seasons? Uh, in? I ten- thought he's been playing for a decade. He's been playing for even longer than that. I'm just saying it was about season yeah, six true. where they really caught somebody caught fire with him, but this is his best year by far. Yeah. Um, it was 17 to three Falcons into the fourth. It was 24 to six with under 10 minutes left. And then, the turnaround started happening, and the stat came up again. That that ugly Atlanta stat, and they thought they could get away with it because the Braves just won a World Series, and they thought everybody was having a good time there in Atlanta, that they could sneak this in here. Saints score 19 unanswered points and take the lead with a minute one left in this game, and everybody goes, oh, my God, that's the biggest fourth-quarter deficit uh, loss since the Super Bowl Falcons, Patriots, 51. I think it was Super Bowl 51. Yeah. 28 yeah. to 3. 28 to 3. Never forget. I I picked the Saints, but even then it was, and I, you know, I'm not a big Saints fan, but I was like, oh, I feel bad for the Falcons. <laughs> so when the Falcons got that ball, that last drive, I was cheering for him too. And he, he hit that. Patterson was even that yeah. open on that long streak down there. Um, They get down the field. Uh, Yeah. Just looked great. Um, and then lined up for coup for 29 yards for the win. Uh, I'll give this I mean this win is entirely on Matt Ryan. This is entire this is a Matt Ryan one team. God. You know, Ryan had what? 30 passing attempts. How many fucking rushes did they have? Like I feel like they had zero yeah. rushing game, but Matt Ryan even without the threat of a run game still was able to be productive. And he's like, "Ah, yes, this I I forgot what it's like to be an efficient uh, fucking Falcons quarterback. There's no run game to help me. I gotta hit motherfuckers, uh, and they won't be wide open. So, Matt Ryan's not washed. Yeah, there was. That's not. what we're finding out. Matt Ryan's not washed. Uh, may not have the best weapons around him, but Atlanta's not embarrassing. Once again, don't think they're gonna be a playoff team. But I also don't think they'd be smart to move on from Matt Ryan next year. You know, this four and four team. He's he's a couple weapons away from being right back into this division race. 
Matt Ryan ran it five times, and he had the best average of the day for the Falcons. <laughs> yeah, a 1.6 yards per carry average. Woo, in that touchdown. Turn it up. Um, uh, Zacchaeus had a big game for him with two touchdowns. Like, the Falcons are trying to find something out of nothing here due to, like, uh, uh, Ridley leaving and... You know, we talked about this last week. Uh, Julio Jones is gone now yeah. too. Like, it's a different Falcons team, and and they've gotten old, and they're they're switching over, and they really kind of do need to blow this up. But you're right, Matt Ryan's still showing he's got some tread on the tires to win him some games, road games in division. I mean, Falcons now are a team that you have to take seriously for a divisional spot in the NFC. If or a divisional spot, a wild a wild card. So spot. two things could be happening here. If if I'm a bad person and I run the Atlanta Falcons, what I want is for Matt Ryan to have a really good year and then I want to trade him in the offseason to help me rebuild because he's 36 years old. Oh, yeah. Now, he's 36 years old, but if you're a team that's a quarterback away, you saw what Tom Brady did. You know, if you're a quarterback away, maybe Matt Ryan's your guy. Maybe you can get him for a first round or maybe a second round pick. Who knows? No. But that's... No. You don't want him. No, you don't want him. I don't want him for that, but there's no way he goes for a first or second round. You don't think so? No. Oh, well, no, it's no. possible. It's possible if he has. Matt Ryan's got Matt Ryan's got his history, and we've seen other quarterbacks go for that and stuff like that. But not a 36 year old guy. I mean, you know, when Brett Favre got his other chances, that was a free agent move kind of thing. Like this is would be a trade. You're talking Matt Ryan and a big old contract. Matt Ryan is still a former MVP, and he is younger than Aaron Rodgers. If you can convince There's somebody, no team giving him a first round. I'm rounder. just saying, quarterbacks are weird. Let's <laughs> mark this down. I said Matt Ryan, if he has a good rest of the season, may go for a first round pick next year. I'm just saying. Deal. The Rams might right. trade another first round pick. Who knows? I don't think they have it. <laughs> the Rams don't know. Um. Well, let's then. I I might have cut you off there though, but uh, let's lead us to talking about the Falcons next week. Going to your Dallas Cowboys. So Falcons at Cowboys. I remember this game. Was it last year? The the complete collapse early in the season, and the onside kick that they didn't recover. All that. That was just last year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, can't wait for another one of those Falcons Cowboys. What are you thinking? Well, Matt Ryan's washed. He's a shitty quarterback. Nobody's ever going to give a first round <laughs> pickup for this guy. Uh, he's a real piece of shit. There's no talent on this team. Uh, they're not feisty. They got no fight in them. Um, I <laughs> write it down. I think honestly, if if they'd beaten the Denver Broncos, this would be a nice little trap game for the Dallas Cowboys. However, the Dallas Cowboys basically have to look at all this film and go, "This is not a bad Falcons team. We just got lo- we just lost to a team we should have fucking beat in Denver. You cannot lose two in a row to the Broncos and the Falcons and still consider yourself a." front runner for the the nfc crown they've got to win this game they've got to they've got to beat the falcons and i hope they do i hope they really drub the falcons and show everybody that this is a team that has enough weapons is a juggernaut and just got caught sleeping um so big cowboys win hopefully yeah uh i almost feel bad for the falcons you figure cowboys will be a little bit more focused coming in there i think uh yeah there there might have been a trap scenario there with the Broncos so I like the uh the Cowboys to win at home too obviously 
Uh, let's talk about the Sunday nighter. We have another big uh, Titans win. Jeez, Titans just every time you go up against these uh, teams, they keep coming out with the wins. They beat the Rams and pretty handily 28-16. Uh, they were up 21-3 to at the half. So um, tried to come back into it, uh, but even then it was it was 28-9 to with three minutes left in this one. So even the end score is not indicative of, of this one. It was a lot of field goals. Uh, versus touchdowns in uh, terms of the Titans. The Titans got up big in the first half. You know, <laughs> when you're up 21 to 3 in LA, all of a sudden that offense is pressing and the strength of this Rams team is their defense. Now obviously their offense is explosive, their offense has some capabilities, but being down 3 scores is a huge load for an offense to carry, especially against a pretty fucking good Tennessee defense. I, I want to I want to talk about this. This is maybe one of the worst first halves I've ever seen Matt Stafford play. Fucking yeah, yeah. yeah. brutal. Stupid decisions, bad interceptions. Basically, just decided to throw a fucking pick six. That spinning mm. fucking thing to avoid a safety was so stupid. It was so bad. Like, live to play we another game. Saw Carson Wentz do it like a week, two weeks prior. I was like, what are you? And that was the problem. So then they looked at it after they came back from commercial. They go, you know what? If he just didn't even throw it, if he just went to the ground with that, it wouldn't have been a safety because he was grabbed at the goal line. He could have been down at the one-inch line, and they could have punted it out of there. And they they always if give he, the benefit to the quarterback on safeties. They really always absolutely. do. And, and him throwing it, whether it was intercepted or not, it was a safety because it would have been grounding. Mm-hmm. Like... It was a bonehead move. He'd be the first to tell you, too, I'm sure, too. But, oh, you're going to talk about the flip there because not only was that a, a touchdown the next play, 7-3 to three Titans, the next one was the pick six by Bayard. Yeah, it was <laughs> It was pretty fucking hilarious. It, it was just one of those games where you're watching it going like, oh, my God, are the Rams already out of this fucking thing? And they really were. I mean, they were, they mm-hmm. were toast. Like, when they came back for the second half, you could almost tell that everybody in the Rams team was like, yeah, this is a loss. Let's just, like, let's cover our body and try to get the fuck out of here because Tennessee had us beat. Higby, they thought, had a touchdown. And, like, no, he went out of bounds, came back in, and they had to settle for another field goal. So they just never got into this game, even though, I don't know, I kept thinking they could because I think that the Rams are a very good team this year. But, uh like you just said, Titans, a very good Tennessee defense. It's like, are they? I thought that was the one thing they sold out on. No, no, they're, but yeah, they're, they're a good they, young defense. I, no one thought they'd yeah. do this to L.A., um, but there's some talent there, man, especially on the interior of that line. You know, we talked about it a bit before. Um, you know, Jeffrey Simmons still a fucking beast in the middle of that defensive line, so there's there's talent there. He's not in Dominican Sue, but, you know, who is? <laughs> He had three sacks himself in this game. Yeah, he was a beast unblocked in this one. He couldn't be. Uh, Adrian Peterson making his return, getting into the end zone. We were looking up his stats right before the end of the, or the start of this recording. He's he's up there. He can catch a couple of people, but uh, he'll have to finish out this season pretty strong for the Titans. We'll Can't see. catch Frank Gore, the number three all-time leading rusher in the NFL history. No, I, I hope Frank gets another pickup here somewhere. Oh, no, he's got sixteen thousand um, yards exactly. Just leave it. Just let it let it be uh, done. <laughs> go for go over the top, Frank. Um, Saints Titans Titans have the Saints coming to Tennessee 
for that one. Uh, I'm Trevor Simeon again. Uh, interesting because, um, you know, uh, the, the the Swiss Army knife there is is available now. I think he's off the oh, injury. Oh, Jason Hill had uh, had two throws uh, against the Falcons. Yeah, why is he not their starting quarterback? What's going on with Taysom? Well, there's a chance he might be this week, but Trevor Simeon didn't have a bad game against uh, against Atlanta. They prefer to have Taysom Hill be the gadget quarterback rather than the every-down quarterback. So I understand that. Having yeah, Trevor Simeon be an effective, efficient quarterback still leaves that as an opportunity. Having Taysom Hill be the every-down quarterback, what are you doing? Coming in for bringing Taysom Hill out to bring Trevor Simeon in for a gadget play? That's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> Trevor Simeon's going to be like, we're going to talk about books for this play, and I'm going I'm <laughs> to bore you to sleep and run it in for a TD. It's not going to happen. So I would not be shocked to see a few more Taysom Hill snaps um, in this game, but I also would be a little surprised to see him be the outright starter. Um, we've seen the Titans basically beat – I mean, ever since that bad loss to the Jets, uh, I think that's just a mirage. We've seen them go up there, and they're beating all of these very good teams. The Saints, now we have them with a bad taste in our mouth with this loss at home to the Falcons and a backup quarterback. Can the Saints win this game? Is there a chance for them to Sure. So? I mean, there's a chance. Sean Payton is a masterful offensive coordinator. Mike, Mike Vrabel is a pretty fucking good defensive coach. This is going yeah. to be a fun game, hopefully. I hope this is a fucking blast. I hope, you know, New Orleans pulls out some gadgets, and I and I hope Tennessee plays as tough as they did against the Rams, but i got to give it to Tennessee in this game. They're just too hot. They're 7-2, and two, and I don't have nearly as many questions about them as I do about the, the New Orleans Saints. Right, yeah. You give it to the team with a hot hand right now, and it's not hotter right now than the Tennessee Titans. Okay, Dan, I'm going to keep this going. It's a heavy upfront uh, episode, like I said. One more game before the break. Let's talk about the Monday Nighter because there's plenty to talk about in this one. Bears 27, Steelers 29. We picked it, but it got close there at the end. I mean, the Steelers were holding on to this one. It was 20 to 6, Steelers into the fourth. But the Bears put two touchdowns on, take the lead. They're up 27-26. They're firstly with a minute 45 left, but they can't hold on to it. Steelers win in the end. If I'm if I'm the Chicago Bears, I'm calling a bit of shenanigans here because this was not a well-officiated oh, yeah. game. No, no. There was a few very questionable calls. The worst part is Cassius Marsh should have been flagged for taunting. It was correct. Yeah. It was correct. Cassius Marsh, if you if you see him in the post game, is like, well, uh, you know, he hip bumped me, and uh, you know, th- then he threw the flag. It's like, no, he had his hand on the flag. He was gonna flag you because you did a fucking karate kick, which they didn't flag, by the way. That's what he's conflating incorrectly. He's like, I've been doing that celebration for a long time. What you did is you stayed on the field and you stared at the Steelers bench and basically stared down their punter as he entered the field of play. The fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. The fuck are you doing? <laughs> I know. I. I saw that too. So I, 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 I think I missed it live. I was like a little bit that that came daylight savings getting me. I'm like, I just want to go to bed. And the Bears made it a game. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I'll, I'll finish this out. Um, and I saw that, and I'm I had to rewatch it this morning. And I'm like, okay, I I see it. I I see the reason for the taunting call, which we already are not on the fan of this taunting stuff. It's kind of silly, but yeah, that if there's a room. If they're calling those other ones earlier in the year taunting, they're going to call when you look yeah. at the 
the bench like that, whether you say anything or not, they're going to call that. But I didn't understand why the ref did seem to almost on purpose step into his way. Yeah. So, But then again, there's two components to this. I thought Cassius Marsh should have been flagged. I thought there's no reason for Carrenti to be in his path and to almost like right. give him a fucking hip back unless he longs to feel the touch. <laughs> like, that's the only reason to throw your hips back into that, Carrenti. Like, you know. It was weird. You can get that shit on the internet, buddy. Just relax. Like, no need to do that. But <laughs> I, this is not a super impressive Pittsburgh Steelers team. Um it's also not a super impressive Chicago Bears team at three and six. Feels like the year's pretty much done for Chicago. But I will say this: Justin Fields doesn't look bad. He doesn't. I mean, he's he's got a couple more games. Like, if you're a Bears fan, you didn't come into the season going Bears are winning the fucking Super Bowl. You probably didn't even come into the season going Bears are going to make the playoffs. But I think Bears fans will be happy to leave the season going. I think we're okay at quarterback. And it, yeah. the more games he plays, the more reps he gets, the more you know situations I see him in, the better and better I feel about Justin Fields. Is he going to be a guy that throws for 75% plush completion percentage and five touchdowns in games? Probably not. But is he a guy that's going to be second on your team in rushing and also throw for 3,000 yards and maybe 25 touchdowns? I think he very much could be. He's a real weapon that the Bears finally have, one that Mitchell Trubisky never was couple of separate weeks now we've seen some big drives late in the game he's come down there he's hit he's gotten them the touchdowns when they need it i've seen some great passes from him and he's so shifty back there so yeah uh i forget somebody's made a comment online and it's like it just feels like the bears plays immediately looks like he's just trying to outrun whatever play was scheduled and it's like yeah it does so it still looks really bad there and there's a lot of stuff they got to get fixed but I mean, this was a road primetime game where they showed up and played their best there, at least at the end. Um, We talked about the penalties. I also want to bring up the very touchy pass interference uh, that happened there. There was that. Yeah, the the Marsh one gets them a first down when they're running out there to punt. So that's uh, alone on itself, which leads to a field goal was huge. So, yeah, you don't even you just don't want these calls to decide the game. I get when they're egregious and they, they're changing the game because they're cheating on their own, but come on. A, a taunting call to decide the game, I, I just don't need that. I don't think it did. I think also it shouldn't have been a game if that uh, punt by the Steelers, the guy can just hold on to it. There was a oh, lot yeah. of sloppiness in this game where it was like, all right, now this team doesn't want to win. Oh, now this team doesn't want to win. <laughs> and that's what I saw there Monday Why night, won't you but... guys just win? What the fuck is wrong yeah. with you? But since the Steelers keep winning those games where it is sloppy, they could be a playoff team now. They could easily snack one of those in the uh, AFC, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's... They're 5-3. and three. They're in the mix. Right. But once again, yeah. there's no part of this Pittsburgh team where I'm like, oh, wow, they look like world beaters here. If only they can get this fixed. It's like, you kind of need to get better everywhere. You know, and if you need to get better everywhere, I'm like, maybe you're a six seed, maybe you're a seven seed, but I'm not afraid of this Pittsburgh Steelers team. Also, I'm not, we just talked about it. Matt Ryan's not washed. Ben Roethlisberger's fucking washed, dude. He, watching <laughs> him in the pocket is painful. He looks like he's hurt. He, he looks like an old racehorse that needs to be turned into glue. 
Ben Roethlisberger does not look good, and I there is no plan in Pittsburgh. But they got to move on after this season. It, this has got to be his last hurrah. He looks fucking awful. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I mean, they, he he stepped in his rookie year and and was fine for him. So they couldn't yeah. get that lucky again. I've seen it happen. Um, the Steelers uh, have the Lions coming to Pittsburgh next lucky week. Bastards. So. Yeah, not going to get that much tougher for the Steelers. But, uh, yeah, Detroit with a bye week. They're coming in uh, with uh, two weeks of some study on these Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> Do they have it in them to upset Pittsburgh, Dan? Uh, I've picked the Lions way too much this year. <laughs> Fair and I've enough. Picked, I've picked Pittsburgh pretty good so far. Um, I think, I've, I think mm-hmm. I'm perfect on Pittsburgh picks. Is that is that true? I might be. Oh, who the heck yeah, knows? We're not we're not that <laughs> granular on our statistics. Um I just I once again, there's just no pop, no vim, no vigor out of the Lions. Like they are gonna have to sneak one out from a team that's not as well coached as this Pittsburgh Steelers team. By the way, everybody give Mike Tomlin a big round of applause if you live in Pittsburgh. That fucking guy is the reason why this team is still relevant. Uh Hundred and fiftieth win, I think Phenomenal. it was. Yeah. Phenomenal, dude. I mean, Mike Tomlin's the fucking real deal. He's the second most winning coach in the history of the Pittsburgh Steelers, I believe. I'm gonna look that up. Yeah. I think he is. He's gonna look it up. The Chicago Bears have a bye week, week ten. I think uh he gets his hundred and fiftieth first <laughs> win here too, uh beating those Lions. So I have the Steelers as well winning. Dan, I don't think we picked opposite in one of these games. Not so uh, far. So far yet. But we've got plenty more coming, so let's take a break. Uh, When we return, two-minute no offense, the rest of the games, and we're going to give you guys a little bit of uh, halfway through the NFL season uh, predictions on the end of the year. So stick it right here for all of that. This is the push-off. Just beat out Bill Cowher. Bill Cowher had 149. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We're back from the break. As you heard just there, that means he's got more wins than Bill Cowher. Take that, the chin. Is he still Bill Cowher known as the chin? I feel like I feel pretty good about him being the chin. I'm hoping it's still talking. Okay. Uh, it's time. Uh, since we've returned from the break for the two-minute no offense. Because no offense, but if you're in this section of our program, welcome back, New York Jet fans. Um, glad to see you're <laughs> excited. Um, I know you had some time to feel good about yourself, but it's time to get back underneath that bus. Here we go. I got re- I got kind of picky with the two-minute no offense this week. There's some games that we could have spent some time on, but we had some bigger topics to hit this week, and... Uh, I need enough time for four games, Dan. All right. It's still going to be two minutes, so let's make this thing happen. And turbo. All right, fair enough. Go. 
Yeah, let's start Thursday with the Jets lose to the Colts 45-30. to Colts look fantastic. Uh, Carson Wentz looked like the Carson, ben- Carson Wentz you traded for. Uh, and Jonathan Taylor looks fucking great. Uh, yeah, we loved him. Yeah. He was our top-ranked uh, running back coming out that year and uh, looks good. Uh, how about Darius Leonard with his punch fumbles? Oh, He's awesome at those. Punch. Jets lose Mike White early. Don't worry, the guy will be back. But uh, we had Johnson in, Josh Johnson in back and a bunch of passes from Johnson to Johnson, Dan. I bet you were a fan <laughs> and of that. strangely enough, we got that Johnson & Johnson is also the name of the company, Woody Johnson. Uh, that's his company, is Johnson & Johnson. Hey, look at yeah. us. Uh, Patriots. Okay, we got to keep going. Patriots beat the Panthers in Carolina 24 to 6. Sam Darnold has a shattered shoulder. He has a fractured shoulder. Yeah. And you're watching this game, you're going, ah, that makes sense. Uh, Carolina's <laughs> toast. I'm going to tombstone Carolina. Uh, but New England, mm. spunky, spunky, good team, good defense, hitting it. I like it. Yeah, yeah. New England uh, owned this game and controlled it. Christian McCaffrey came back, 106 total yards from scrimmage. Didn't matter. Texans lose to the Dolphins. This is the one I got over you this week, Dan, (laughs) finally. I mean, we knew this was going to be in the two-minute no offense. Did you watch this game? I definitely didn't watch this game. Uh, yeah, I tried to pay attention to it, and then I just realized I didn't care. <laughs> and then it. finally, Cardinals beat up on the 49ers as they should have, 31-17. As they should have, but without without their fucking stars. That's right. Kyler Murray not there. Hopkins not there. Surprise, like, scratches too. Again, this was something that happened before we were after we were done with the podcast. Uh, we did the picks. Would it have changed your mind, Dan? Um, no, it wouldn't have. Uh, strangely enough, because I uh, don't trust these 49ers, and I'm fully happy to tombstone San Francisco. That's time. Dang. And how about Colt McCoy getting in there? It was the James Conner show. It was the James James Conner show, but Colt McCoy, that's what he does. Uh, Colt McCoy, you go, hey, once every, like, three years, he's like a cicada. You know, every (laughs) every once in a while, Colt (laughs) McCoy emerges from the, the husk of a maple tree. To be like, ah, I'm going to win this one on the road for my team. So good for him. Great backup quarterback. A hell of a career in Texas. We've talked about him before. But, yeah, James Conner went off, man. Uh, just productive in every yeah. way. What is he, over 150 total yards, three TDs? Fucking great. 173 total. Um, let's let's start. So there's a few games we can talk about for next week. I want to start with uh, Monday Nighter where the L.A. Rams are going to San Francisco. They're playing those 49ers. You say you're, you're tombstoning them. Both of them are coming off a bad loss. Uh, who do you have? I'm I'm not only tombstoning them, I am saying by the second half we will see Trey Lance and the change will be made permanent. Mm-hmm. It's heading that point. So I'm going to pick the Rams. <laughs> yeah, I, I, Rams I think too. Uh, uh, they got to get this win because they got to keep up with the Cardinals in that division. Uh, it's going to be a very big card to hold who wins that division between I think those two teams. So uh, I'll take the Rams as well. You brought up Sam Darnold, broken scapula. He's going to be out a, a few weeks. Um, and Ooh, yeah. it's Panthers at Cardinals this week. So uh, Panthers, Sands. All, all Cardinals. Sands, Sam. It's all Cardinals. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, maybe he can just hike the ball and just immediately run with it. I mean, that's probably our best bet. <laughs> um, you know, this is what the, this is what the fucking – panthers do they're like hey we're down a guy uh you play his position till he gets back so wouldn't be surprised to see more wildcat shit but uh yeah this is a really good cardinals team that answered the bell with 
even their starting QB and best wide receiver out, it's it's over. Are they to it's be back? Carolina. Murray, uh, Hopkins, have we heard? They're- yeah, they should be. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, either way, I like the Cardinals too. Either way, uh, let's talk about the th- Colt McCoy. Bang, bang. Yeah, let's talk about the Thursday nighter. The Baltimore Ravens going to Miami. They're playing the Dolphins. What are we thinking here? Uh, we talk about this a lot. Where man, home field has a hell of an advantage um, on, on Thursday night. Yep. But it's still the Dolphins. I'll tell you this: it's going to be a close one because that's what the Ravens do. <laughs> that's right. But I, it's still Lamar. It's still the Lamar show. Um, and I think Tua's having problems. Am I? Am I right? I mean, I don't think Tua's going to be playing in this game either. He wasn't. Brissett started. Yeah, he wasn't in that one. Brissett started. In fact, that yeah, that that Texans uh, Dolphins game gave us a little surprise at the beginning. I was like, oh, Tua's out, and uh, Tarad, our buddy Tarad, was back. Taylor was yeah. back in his starter. Didn't matter. Everything switched around the same way, but uh, I don't know. I don't know how Tua's injury is, if Brissett will be back in there or not. It's a short week, so I think it's likely that we see Brissett again, but I don't think it matters. They, I think it's Ravens. Yeah, they say Tua's a, a game time. But, yeah, if, if I'm Miami Dolphins, there's no point in me rushing Tua Tagovailoa back in for a Thursday night game that I'm probably going to lose anyway. So I'd rather rest him, throw Brissett in there, and see what I can get from Tua for the rest of the year. Yeah. Um, and then this game, uh, there's no real other place Excuse me, place to put it. They're both coming off a bye. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to Washington, our nation's capital. They're playing the football team. Oh, man, I really hope they just absolutely fucking stomp. <laughs> I really do. I hate, I hate Washington with every ounce of my being. I told you it's my blood rival. Um, I hope I hate him, and I I hope Tampa Bay was well rested, got some fun in the sun, and uh, is you know gonna take their tan out on uh, you know the people that dress up like they have tans. Yeah, well, Tampa's coming off of that loss in New Orleans uh, out before their bye week, so I think I think they are divisional. Yeah, and I think that I kind of feel like they're out for blood. And this one feels yeah. like that. I don't think Washington's a very good team, so uh, I like. I want to fire them cannons, Dan. I want to fire them cannons in, at Washington. Fire the cannons! Uh, Houston Texans a bye week at week ten. They are they're going to go into hibernation. We'll see them. They're going to they're going to lose. They're going to lose this week. Somehow the they'll bye. figure out a way. The Lions will win. That's how they'll lose. Um, <laughs> let's let's talk That's about true. the Jacksonville Jaguars' second win of the season. It's Jaguar news. Wow. Uh, they beat wow. the Buffalo Bills six to nine. Gave me. All sorts of flashbacks to that 2017 playoff game where they beat him yeah. with a bunch of wild, uh, uh, field goals. <laughs> Josh Allen versus Josh Allen, this... man. I can't wait. So, um, Josh Allen Bowl. Yeah, Jaguars D, four sacks in this one. They looked really good. They kicked a bunch of field goals, and that's what it was. I mean, this game was 6-6 six to six at the half. It was 9-6 to six early fourth quarter from 22 yards out. Uh I saw a great Jaguars D all day when I watched this back, and then I saw sometimes Josh Allen has a way of sliding back into the guy we saw in Wyoming. Um, I'm going mm-hmm. to run backwards 20 yards and try to make something happen. I'm going to roll out to my right and use my big arm to throw back across my body and expect you know Stefan Diggs or someone's going to be there, and it wasn't working this day. What happened to the Buffalo Bills is the same thing that happened to the Dallas Cowboys. They came into this week going, yeah, of course we're going to fuck this team up. Mm -hmm. And then went, oh, fuck, 
they're better than we thought they were. I better make a big play. And that's a great way to fucking destroy yourself. Mm. You can't go broke making a profit. The Bills kept trying to make big chunk plays happen, and the Jaguars' defense kept going, no, 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 just play within yourself, make good decisions, make smart, small decisions. That's all you need to do. Trevor Lawrence basically had a 50% completion percentage, but they ran the ball. Didn't do either of those things very productively, but they kept time of possession in their advantage, and that's really all you can do. Well, sorry, in the first half they did. Um, this was still a very even game, but they, they were prepared. And Josh Allen was all over Josh Allen. And Josh Allen was shocked that Josh Allen was all over Josh Allen. <laughs> but Josh Allen was able to kind of recover and, and have a good Josh Allen game. But Josh Allen had a better Josh Allen game. Yeah, you maybe too. I, I want to say too that Josh Allen sacked Josh Allen, which led to Josh Allen picking off Josh Allen, which, you know, White Stop there when Josh Allen can strip sack Josh Allen late in the game, allowing Josh Allen's team to upset Josh Allen's team. When Josh Allen's team had a touchdown point spread over Josh Allen's team, that's nuts. Hey, Josh Allen, this is Ricky Henderson. (laughs) I hear you're confused. (laughs) We love that. Yeah, we were talking about... uh, names and people to the same names last week so why not keep it going with just that fun one number number seven overall pick josh allen beat number seven overall pick josh allen so uh buffalo goes to new york they're playing the jets it's an afc east matchup this week i'm assuming buffalo bounces back what do you think dan they have to i mean this buffalo game um it's funny. I I really do feel like they were looking past the Jaguars, going, "We got a divisional game against the Jets. Let's not sleep on the Jets." Yeah. And in and in doing so, they completely slept on the Jaguars. But I I think they are geared up. I think they're ready for the Jets. I think they'll beat them soundly, um, Mike White or not. I don't think it really matters. But uh, yeah, I I think Buffalo needs to get back in control of the AFC East, or else the fucking Patriots will get them. And the other game we can discuss, the Jacksonville Jaguars going to Indy to play the Colts. Dan, we haven't picked opposite a game yet. Uh, are we going to here? I am going to pick the Jacksonville. No, I'm going to pick the fucking Colts. The Jaguars are still garbage, whether they beat the Bills or not. They're still a bad team, and this is a divisional matchup. So nobody sleeps on divisional matchups. Um I'm not saying the Jaguars can't win this game. I'm just saying yeah. I'd be fucking no, I'm shocked. With you. I'm, I'm picking the Colts, too, so we're staying together in that one. Uh, let's continue on. There's only a couple more games. Well, we've got three more here to discuss. I wanted to... Uh, got to pick we, one different. We've done, I think, full weeks before. We're the same. We'll see. Let's talk about uh, Chiefs 13, Packers 7. Uh, we didn't pick it correct, but maybe... I don't know, Dan. We, we have changed our mind with what came out... Um, yes, I would have. With I mean, Jordan Love making yeah. his first ever start. Yeah, I definitely would have picked the Chiefs. Now, I will say this: this Chief law, or this Chief win, didn't make right. me feel any better about the Chiefs. You know, thirteen to seven, y'all can't get it. Didn't look going. good. They scored on their first drive, seven bad. to nothing. Um, and then Packers had a blocked field goal and a missed field goal. Would have been a very different game if those got through. Uh, and then it was. Uh, 13 nothing Chiefs at the half. So the Chiefs could do nothing in the second half to put them away. In fact, uh, they even had a nice drive late in the game. Finally, Jordan Love got stuff going 
found some people. Alan Lazard, nice little skip through touchdown. But um, I think they they also lost Aaron Jones to something because he was barely out there. We saw a lot of AJ Dillon, who seems like a serviceable back, but he's not Aaron Jones. So that was yeah, a Packers team missing a lot nope. and only losing you know by by six. Yeah, I mean, you lose by less than a full touchdown. This is – Jordan Love didn't look great. He looked like a guy that was playing his first ever NFL game against a team that really needed a win. Um, you know, I, I know Matt LaFleur was like, yeah, he was getting sacked a lot, and I, I should have done a better job preparing him. No, you're, you're fine. Matt LaFleur is fine. And so are the Packers. They're 7-2. and two. I mean, it's, it's not a good loss, but to your point – point we always talk about you're on the road against a non-conference opponent if you're gonna take a loss might as well take one here it doesn't mean anything in the grand scheme yeah funny how that worked out for the Packers good for them (laughs) (laughs) strange um so the Packers go back home they get the Seattle Seahawks this week this is an interesting one because it seems Russell Wilson's coming back his finger seems healthy they've given him the okay to start practicing and then Aaron Rodgers okay to start practicing that's right that's right. Yeah, I, we don't know whatever else. I mean, he's trying to say he's going to be back this week. We'll see. Aaron Rodgers, also, he would be technically able to come off the COVID list the day before this game on Saturday as long as he tests negative. Uh, so those are the things that are on the docket of what could happen this week, Dan. It very much resolves into how you pick this game, I think. I, I mean, I really I want to hedge my bet. If Aaron Rodgers is in, I'm taking the Packers. If Aaron Rodgers is out, I'm taking the Seahawks. Okay. Comes down just straight up Aaron Rodgers, whether uh, Russell Wilson's in or not. Russell Wilson doesn't enter into it. Um, I'll take the Packers either way. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Anyway, yeah. Um, Raiders lose to the Giants. This is the one you got, Dan, uh, which uh, those are the only two that we picked opposite this and the Texans one. So we we evened out this week. Uh, 23-16. Good, good win by the Giants. Um, they, they looked good in this one. The uh, Raiders tried to come back there at the end. Actually, it was a back-and-forth game. The Raiders had a three-point lead at the half. Giants take the lead in the early third, extended it. The Raiders tried to come back in, but uh, strip sack in the end to, to end it for the Giants. It's, they played flat again. I mean... This was a bad week. This is the same... I mean, literally, I cannot even stress this to you because the passage of time is so strange in the NFL right now. Henry Ruggs killed somebody Monday. Henry Ruggs killed somebody on Monday. And they had to play this game on Sunday. This was mm-hmm. a flat team. This was a flat team. This was a, inside of a week of one of their teammates lost his entire career, his freedom, and a person's life. Yeah. And played a little flat going across the country against New York. Um, completely understandable. I get it. Derek Carr had a, a decent first half game, but he he knew that the whole thing's on him. They need more weapons for him. They absolutely have to have more weapons for him. Uh, this Raiders team is not a bad team, but Daniel Jones and the Giants played a very Giantsy game where they're like, we're not going to score a ton of yards. We're going to have a good defensive game. We're not going to make a ton of mistakes. Jones was uh, 15 for 20. Very efficient. Um, you know, you weren't seeing any Saquon. I thought that was good for them to hold him out of this game, you know, give him a chance to get healthy. But, yeah, this is a nice New York win. It doesn't put them in playoff contention. I'm not – I'm New York is not going to make the playoffs. However, it, I think it probably does save Joe Judge's job um, 
because three and six looks a lot better than two and seven. Uh, and they may not win more than two games for the rest of the year, but at least Joe Judge has a team that can be brought ready to play, even if they're not dynamic or impressive. So good for Joe Judge, good for the Giants, and uh, I hope they stay shitty for a long time. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I was surprised by that, that Giants win. I think uh, as they get healthier, they could be a good team this year. So it's just a matter if they ever get fully healthy all at the same time um but uh that's that risks to be seen still the one thing i do want to bring up is uh the safety draft a couple years ago you and me were either grant delpit or xavier mckinney and i took the xavier mckinney route and this is a win for that guy this game uh two interceptions they were huge ones at that a pick six was one of them and the other one was late in the game uh to really turn around lead to a a field goal there to kind of put it out of reach. So big win for Xavier McKinney and those uh, Giants. Yeah, Grant Delpit has not had a great career. Uh, missed the entire 2020 season. Right, um, the injury's not I, his fault. Yeah, I will say the verdict is still out on Grant Delpit, but yeah, Xavier McKinney looks like a pretty good starter in this league. So I may I may have to eat crow on that one. Uh, the New York Giants now go to a bye week, so they have a little bit more time to get a little bit more healthy. The, I think they will win this bye week. Oh, so, it's a win. A little, little, little better different than the, than the Texans. Houstons. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then the uh, Raiders are Sunday night at home against the Kansas City Chiefs. Fun little AFC West matchup we get to watch primetime. The Raiders are built to beat these Chiefs. Yeah. That's what they were built for. I mean, over the past three or four years, that's what Mayock has been focusing on, is we've got to beat the Chiefs, the Chiefs of the class, the AFC. I'm actually going to pick the Raiders to rebound and beat these Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City did not impress me. The Raiders are being excused from having a flat game, but I think they'll get it together. I think they know this is a divisional game. And like I said, it's a matchup nightmare for Kansas City. I think it's I think it's uh, Las Vegas all the way. I've been with the Raiders. Uh, f- you know, I- I've been failing with them too, though. I mean, they let me down here this last week. But uh, there's nothing right now that has me thinking Kansas City is going to go into a primetime game on the road and win. So, especially a team that knows them so well. So, I got to take the Raiders here too. I, I like the Raiders as, as a better team this year. Yeah, surprisingly enough. Um, one more game left, Dan, to discuss this week, and that is the Browns' big win in Cincinnati, 41-16. to We didn't pick it. Thought the Bengals were better than that. Um, but uh, Mayfield looked good. Chubb had a huge game, three touchdowns for him. And, um, yeah, it was it, – the Bengals looked like they were going to be in this one and then immediately pick six uh, for Ward for 100 yards, and the Browns jumped up on them. It was 24-10 by the half. Yeah, this – you know, we talked about Baker Mayfield having one arm and uh, Joe Burrow having two. Uh, we didn't account for Baker Mayfield's sizable dick. <laughs> uh, so good for him, man, just showing up in this game. Didn't have a great one, but was making, you know, fucking scumbag decisions, doing good shit, doing that, that Baker Mayfield thing that he loves to do. And by Baker Mayfield's big swing and dick, I actually meant Nick Chubb. Uh, that's what I meant. <laughs> My apologies. Uh, Chubb had a big game. Yeah, his big swing and Chubb. Yeah, We're, it's, it's a long episode. We're getting into the dick stuff now. I apologize. <laughs> I uh, but I brought up the the uh, uh, the big turnaround for the pick six from Ward, Huge. and that's what it was like. Bengals had the nice opening drive, and that 
Then the Bengals try for it on a fourth down in midfield. Don't get it. Immediately was the long People's Jones touchdown. So when you get hit like that early, sometimes it's hard to even come back from it. And the Bengals weren't able to. They just weren't. No, I mean this was a this was a statement win for the Cleveland Browns for a bunch of stuff. You know, obviously they weren't the leading uh, headline this week. Uh, they had to compete with the the, Ve- the Vegas Raiders and with Aaron Rodgers. But uh, they had their own yeah. distractions, and you know they got beat pretty bad the week before. This was a good, this was a good palate cleanser for Cleveland to be like, "Hey, it's not over. The AFC North belongs to no one, um, and not yet. I mean, even the Ravens keep having competitive games. The Cleveland Browns might be able to outcompete them uh, here and there. So, yeah, um, this is a great game for Baker Mayfield. This is a great game for the Browns. It puts them right back into the mix, and probably makes them look like." You know, probably the best pick for wild card. I mean, Cincinnati's on a bit of a slide. And it, it's an interesting point, too, where you say that the the Browns and we can also say the Broncos, I think they both dropped top uh, starters on their team. Uh, maybe the most money yeah. on the, the – like that they, they got cut those guys and won and then won immediately after that. Like hmm. – that doesn't happen very often for no. your team, so congrats to them. Yeah, we didn't even talk about Von Miller um, not being there to beat the Cowboys. That was kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah. Von Miller, uh, we, we did talk about his trade from yeah. last week to the Rams, so, yeah, he wasn't there, and he hasn't played for the Rams yet either, so we'll see how he does when he gets healthy enough to play there. Uh, yep, yeah, Browns go to New England. They're playing the Patriots this week. This is the last game we have to pick this week, Dan. I. This is a tough one. Um, yes. I know what you I'm know picking, what you're picking, but I'm I'm not gonna say. Yeah, I decided this one, but you're right. This is like a coin flip of a game here this week, so I just want to see if we pick this exactly the same or different. I'll it is because first. we are going to New England, because New England has been really tight in all these games. I'm gonna pick New England at home. Uh, the home is the differentiator mm-hmm. for me, so I'm going New England. Dan. This week we are picking exactly the same. I've got the Patriots. Uh, I think this is a Patriots win because the Browns are kind of an up and down here. That was a very big win on the road there. Patriots going to take away uh, something, you know, that they do. I think it's maybe the running game then because it's Cleveland. So take Chubb away. Uh, but I'm interested to see. Hunt could come back off of IR this week. Uh, but there's a lot of weird COVID stuff happening around Cleveland now too. So it, it's something to keep an eye on throughout this week, but that game is, looks like it's going to be a very good one. Yeah. But I will say this, you must also never forget how much Bill Belichick hates the Browns. <laughs> he mm. hates them. True. So yeah, they're good. He's going to make an example of the Browns. I wouldn't be shocked to see this be a big, embarrassing, uh, win for the Patriots. Yeah. Uh, and then the Cincinnati Bengals by week, week 10. So, yeah, it feels like they're going to lose this by okay. week, too. So fucking get it together, Cincinnati. Oh, no. Come on. Um, well, that does us. Obviously, uh, we have nothing picked differently this coming week. But uh, if you look at the games, it kind of lines up that way. And, you know, great minds think uh, alike. What true, can you say? True. We're very, both very smart we, men who had a very bad week picking games. <laughs> we we didn't have a very good week last week picking games. I'm still the one game ahead of you at 85, and you're at 84. But it's not bad for total for the season, I don't think. If you look us against the rest of the experts, yeah, I think we're, we're right up there. So, 
So, Dan, I want to do a little bit of uh, here at the very end of this very long show, uh, I guess a real quick look at uh, maybe some awards for next year. I picked more on the team stuff, maybe top five, top bottom teams, and maybe my biggest surprises. Sure. But uh, if you have anything as far as, you know, what's your guess for maybe MVPs or rookies or defense player of the year? I mean, MVP like right now is wide open. Um, comeback player of the year is it absolutely is. Dak. As much as Joe Burrow's had a really good year, it's Dak. Um Rookie of the year, I'm actually – I don't think I'm being a homer giving it to uh, defensive rookie of the year, Micah Parsons. And then uh, I'm going to say offensive rookie of the year is Jamar Chase. Feels pretty good to me. Um, he's yeah. had a fucking hell of a year. Um, and in terms of offensive player of the year, it's probably going to be Cooper Cup. Um, he's having one of those weird Andre – or, uh, sorry, uh, Calvin Johnson-type years. Not Andre Johnson-type years. Having a weird Calvin Johnson type year that just may be explosive, especially with Henry out for as many games. Um, I know the Rams lost, but he still had 11 catches. Uh, he's a guy that they keep going to, so he's going to keep up that offensive production. And then defensive player of the year, do not sleep on Darius Leonard uh, for the Colts. That would not fucking shock me if that guy winds up there. But I think it's going to wind up being Miles Garrett if the Browns can get back into the mix here. Um, Miles Garrett just feels like a potential defensive player of the year again. Nice. I like all of those. Uh, one thing with the defensive player of the year, you know, you're Trevon Diggs. He's still up there for a chance for it if he keeps the interceptions Flip thing him. going, but he'd have to almost, yeah, keep going with it. Uh, and then TJ Watt, who True. is just a half a sack behind Miles Garrett and two and a half less games played yeah. than him. Ooh, he's, he's changing games when he's in there. Uh, real quick for mine, uh, to the team wise, uh, I think top five teams in this league, when I'm looking at it, I've been trying to keep up with my power rankings in a way I've got four NFC teams and just one AFC team. Uh, I love the Titans right now. You got to, they're the hottest team in the league alum right now. And then the Cardinals and the Rams, the Packers and the Buccaneers. Those are my top five right now. Your Cowboys are right there in the bubble. I think with Ravens and Bills, those are my others just outside, but it's too much up and down for those guys to put them in the top five for now, but they're, they're probably on their way to playoffs. And then the bottom five, I lions, Texans, I think Washington's down there, Jaguars. And I think dolphins, uh, dolphins are my biggest disappointment. You you said lions right right now. (laughs) Okay, good. Yeah, Lions are the bottom. Lions, Texans, Washington, Jaguars, yeah, Dolphins. Fair. That's a good list. Um, Dolphins are my biggest disappointment. I had them much higher. I had them as like maybe even a wild card yeah. team, and now you're talking as one of the worst teams in the league. And my biggest surprise has to be the Arizona Cardinals. I did not have them even as a wild card team, and now maybe one of the best teams. Yeah, in I didn't the have league. them going eight and one um, to start the fucking season. That's for sure. Yeah. If you want to talk a little bit about the maybe playoffs, uh, the top seven seeds for each one here, uh, who do you see going in the AFC? If we count that I, out, I will real say quick. Titans, Bills, Patriots, Ravens. I okay. know I picked two okay. from the AFC uh, East there, but I will say the AFC West is so wide open, but I'm going to give it to the Chargers just because I feel like they mm. have the most amount of talent with the fewest amount of problems. And so if I've got to pick two more wild card teams, I'm going to say the Colts miss out. I'm going to say the Raiders make it. And I'm going to say Cincinnati gets it back on track. Cleveland out of the playoffs. Pittsburgh out of the playoffs. And uh, obviously no love for the Chiefs. 
Uh, quickly gave love to the Patriots. So I like that, though. I think they're trending up. I think you're right. I think it's Raiders and Chargers in the AFC West. Ravens, Titans, of course. And then the other wild card, I think, does come from somebody in the AFC North. It could be Steelers. It could be Browns. Bengals are kind of the, uh, like, you got to turn around for me now type of option. I don't know. I'll go Browns. I'll go Browns get healthy there. Um, NFC, I, I think you're looking at, uh, you know, obviously Cardinals in the West. Well, well, not obviously. I'm sorry. Cardinals and Rams it's in the an, West. It's an easy five. <laughs> it's an easy top five. That's right. You know, it's Cowboys, yeah. Packers, Cowboys, Bucks. Packers, Bucks, Cardinals, Rams, both going to make it. And so then you've got two more wild card spots for a pretty bereft of talent NFC. Um, you know, the yeah. Saints, I don't, without Jameis coming back, you know, is Trevor Simeon going to drag them to the playoffs? I don't know about that. Could Seahawks already have five losses. Yeah. That's really tough. Is it going to be the Vikings, Bears? Like, I, I would be, just because it's a veteran-led team, I, I would not be shocked at this point to see the Falcons get in. And that's that's mm-hmm. crazy for me to think that the Falcons might actually make the playoffs. And, you know, just because we do this podcast together, I'm going to say Vikings. <laughs> okay. For, for me right now, I'm going to say uh, Russell Wilson comes back and gets the Seahawks somehow in I there. tombstone to the Seahawks. The, I can't uh, retract it. Yeah, yeah. And the other one that I think could uh, – here, I'm going to say my uh, outlier because – I, I just assume it'll be like the Saints, but in my outlier, I'll say uh, the Giants. The Giants somehow Yuck. make it. Why would you do this? Yeah, I'm sorry, buddy. Um, all right, well, we've spent so much time on everything so this week. Uh, let's let's wrap it up. Thank you guys again so much for listening. We like to do this show every week, and uh, sometimes you guys get some, some winning games <laughs> where we don't, so we're still going to talk about it. You guys still get the wins. Uh, our apologies if you got shoved in the two-minute. No offense, Colts fans, but that game was last Thursday, and there's so Moving much up. shit that happened Run since Cincinnati. then. <laughs> you beat the Jets. Good for you. Uh, it's time for some crazy stats, but uh, please link, rate, and subscribe us and tell all your friends that we're here at the Push Off Podcast. All right, Dan, uh, this is the Giants' best record after nine games since 2016, three and six. <laughs> Good. They've been bad for so long. This is their best. Uh, also, this is the Cardinals. Uh, no, I'm going to skip that one. Um, the Vikings now are the third team in NFL history to lose three games where they have had zero turnovers, and the other team had at least two. Yikes. NFL history, the only other teams to do that, the 91 Colts and the 86 Eagles. Those are all before my time of following Not football. making mistakes. No. And then, uh, uh, yeah, my last crazy set was that whole Josh Allen, uh, Josh Allen, Josh Allen, Josh Allen stuff. Ah, uh, what a wild buffalo, week. Buffalo, buffalo, um, buffalo. We'll have another one. Let's do it again. Let's do it all again. So, Dan, uh, please leave us with some parting words of wisdom. <sighs> I don't understand football. I don't understand what's happening here. I don't understand how we could be so wrong in the middle of a season where we've seen at least seven games from everybody. Except I am reminded that the best part of the NFL, the best part of football, is any given Sunday. It could be anybody. 
it's nice to be reminded about that halfway through a season where you're like, ah, I know who the losers are, I know who the winners are. Just remember, they're all professionals. They're all getting paid to do this. you got to come ready every week, or you'll find yourself losing 30 to nothing uh, before the <laughs> midway point of the fourth quarter. So uh, get ready. Season's not over. Uh, there's still three wild card uh, or two wild card positions to be decided in the NFC and a whole bunch of seating to be decided in the AFC. So we got, mm-hmm. man, I'm fucking jacked. We got like nine more games. It's fucking great. <laughs> Whole well, second half of the season, let's enjoy this slope back down. Um, you you starting that off with, I don't understand football. You better be careful. I'm going to start grabbing these <laughs> sound bites. <laughs> Anyways, you guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Push Out Podcast. I am Scott. You enjoy your week of football. Goodbye. I don't understand football. <laughs>